our series on following the way. Um, so the first week we looked at Sabbath, Sabbath being a time where we can rest and delight in God. And don't we all need that? And it's been there from the start of time it was set up for us. Then, we, we, then the next thing we looked at was uh, prayer and, and finding spaces to pray in our day. I remember I talked about that the Jews had uh, three different spaces in the day they'd pray as the sun comes up at, uh, at noon and when the sun uh, goes down. Also say that Christians, early Christians would pray and they had something different. How many, can you remember, how many times of prayer did the early church have? Seven, oh, some of us were listening. <laughs> seven times, they would set aside seven different times. But it's important for us to set some space in our day to pray. And then last week we had uh, Coral here to share with us. Uh, I did find that amusing when she stood up and she says that I am known as a bit of a chatterbox. <laughs> as she came up to speak about solitude and finding that space to be alone with God. Well, I find it even more ironic that I'm speaking this week on fasting. So, um, of all things. Um, now, I don't know about you, okay? I, I, I fall between two things, okay? One, I know I'm not good at DIY, okay? But the second thing is I'm Scottish, and I'm reluctant to pay for anything <laughs> that I can do. And uh, so, so I, I mean, I, I think I'm good at DIY. The problem with me in DIY is I have all the tools, but no idea where the tools are. Do you have a man like or someone like that in your life where I can fix that, but they're like, I don't know where the tool is, or I don't have the tool. We, we, we had... Um, we had a, a, an issue with our tap once. Uh, it, it stopped working. So no problem, I said. I'll get it fixed. So I went to, to, to get it fixed. It took me a while to get, the, to get a tap cheap enough. I managed to get someone to get me a tap. So in the meantime, we had a pair of pliers that were turning the tap on and off with. Um, but I managed to source down the, the tap really cheap. Being Scottish, loved it. Um, it was perfect, you know what I mean? Um, but all I had to do was swap the tap over in the kitchen for this new tap. And I thought, that's easy peasy. But when I went under the sink to see how to switch over, to my horror, because I'd seen all the YouTube videos, is in the YouTube videos, you just clip these things off and click these things on. But not on my tap, no. I had these two pipes. You know, like copper pipes. Hard. And, and so you needed to undo the bolt at the top. I didn't have anything to undo. I couldn't even reach that bowl. And so you needed a specialized tool. So, or a specialized man or woman. Or someone who's good at DIY and not someone rubbish like me. Anyway, for 18 months, <laughs> we turned that tap on and off with a pair of pliers. Until Rachel's mum was coming to stay in our house. And she was like, you can't make my mum turn the tap on with pliers. So I had to do something about it. So I eventually had to phone up a man who had the tool to change the tap over, which cost me money. <gasps> Fasting is a bit like that. Fasting is a, is, is a tool. It's a specialized tool. And it's given to us 
to use and enhances our prayers and makes our prayers more effective. It makes our prayer life more powerful. But some of us don't use that tool. We just sort of get on. We just pray. It's normal. But it's an enhancement. It does more. So today, we're going to be looking at the whole area of fasting. So the big question where we start from is, why should we fast? That's that's a fair point, is it? Why should we fast? Well, I, I believe there's five reasons why we should fast. First one is we fast in obedience to Jesus. Okay, you got a Bible Open it with me. Okay, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Just a show of hands, just to see if we're still in the thing. Do you think we should give to the poor? It's a good practice, don't you think? Well, it says this. uh, This is Matthew chapter 6. It says... So when you give to the needy, or the poor, uh, do not announce it with trumpets. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. So this idea that, yes, we should give to the poor. He says it, and we all probably agree with it, don't we? We should be given to the poor. But don't brag about it. Don't tell the world about it. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. What about this next one? Do you think we should pray? I mean, that's a sort of good Christian thing to do. It says it, doesn't it? We, we talked about it in the, in the second week. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. You know I mean, because they like to go into synagogue and, and into the temple and announce to everyone, look at me, I'm praying. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. So it's, it's right that we should, we should give to the poor. It's right that we should pray. But then we get to this bit. And when you fast, do not look somber like the hypocrites do. But when you fast, put on oil on your head and wash your face. We're told that we should give to the needy or give to the poor. We're told that we should pray. We're also told that we should fast. We should fast. The assumption is, as followers of Jesus... Jesus presumed that we'd fast. But isn't this a little bit, I don't know, fanatical, a little bit legalistic? No. It's just something that we, that we can do. It's not, not saying you must do this, but this will help you. This will help you in your your Christian walk. It will help you in your prayer life. It's a tool to use and to use it with with prayer. Okay, so so Jesus told us, so it's an obedience that we're told to go and fast. Well, it doesn't quite fit in. We fast because we can't do life without him. We can't do life without him. A week last Saturday, not yesterday, but the week before, I did something that I don't normally do. Rachel, bless her, she loves to watch Casualty. Anyone into Casualty? 
No. <laughs> it's just you, sweetheart. <laughs> I don't like things. That I, I mean, like medical programs, it's like, it's painful for me because hospital is painful. You never go to hospital for fun, do you? You're never doing your day off. Let's go to hospital. It's, it's when you go to hospital, it's always because of there's something not right. And, uh, but Rachel loves to watch the medical things. I just sit there going, no, don't. And they cut, oh. and so, but because she likes it, I decided that I would watch it with Rachel. It was horrible. <laughs> they were cutting bodies up and lots of tension. I was sitting there going, this isn't relaxing. I'm on the edge of my seat going, oh, it's stressful. They're trying to deal with patients and cutting things up. I'm like, no. But because I love her and want to be with her, I will do some things that I don't enjoy. That's what love is about, isn't it? The same it comes to our relationship with God. Fasting is saying, is saying, it's like us saying to God, I would do without food because you're more important to me than what it is to fill my stomach. You matter more. And sometimes we, we need to remind ourselves that, don't we? We need to, to remember that God is more important than actually the food we have. We sing songs like that, don't we? You know, I mean, songs like being thirsty or being hungry. But actually the practice is there as well. To say, God, you, you matter more than, than, than the food itself. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians that I'd like to read for you. I'm not sure if I put it on the screen. No. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. This, this guy, Paul, who, who writes this, he's, he's quite the man when it comes to his rela- relationship with God. He's, he's so, so on fire for God. He's so up for God that he is prepared to go through anything. So, um, this is him describing what it is like to be a Christian. So, this is 1 Corinthians 9, and we'll start at verse 24. It says this, Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into a strict training. They do it uh, to get a crown that will, that will not last. But we do what we do to get a crown will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike the blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will, be, uh, will not be disqualified for the price. What he's saying is, I, I, I'm so, I so want to do everything for God. I so want to win for God that I'm prepared. I am prepared to go without food. In fact, Paul was such a, uh, was such a, a man of God. He was prepared to do a lot with, with, in terms of what he wanted to do for God. It says um, that, that he was, he was beaten with rods. He was whipped, that he, he was sh- shipwrecked, uh, that, that he went without food, that he was naked at points, that he was, he was hungry, that he was thirsty. But yet he just kept going. We fast because we cannot do life without him. We fast 
because we are forgiven. The most famous preacher of his time, brilliant preacher, whenever he preached, things happened, people changed. And God came and he spoke in this man's ear and he says, I want you to preach here. And he looked and he went, I don't want to do that. His name was a man called Jonah. Remember him? Remember him from Sunday school? God says, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach. And he was like, no, yeah, I'm going to go that way. And he says he got on a boat. Nineveh wasn't even near the sea. He got on, on, on this boat and he tried to go as far away from Nineveh as possible. And it says as he was on his way, this big storm happened. And the sailors came, you better pray to God. He goes, I know, I don't need to pray to God. I don't know why the storm's here. It's my fault. And they said, well, what should we do? He says, chuck me overboard and you'll be fine. And so the sailors reluctantly, but did, they threw him overboard and he gets swallowed by a big fish. We all know the story. And inside the fish, he prays and says, all right, God, I'm really sorry. I will go to Nineveh. And it says the, the fish takes him to dry land and, and um, sicks him up. And he goes off walking to Nineveh and he gets to Nineveh. And he's reluctant. And the reason why he's reluctant is these people are the enemies. The enemies. Anyway, he gets there and he tells the whole of Nineveh, you've got 40 days. If you don't change your ways in 40 days, God's going to get you. And to his horror, these people hear his words and put them into action. And the king announces to everyone, we need to change. Okay? And so, we're going to fast. No one will eat anything. Even our animals are going to fast. And we, we're going to dress appropriately. So they take off all their fancy clothes and dress down. And they come and they humble themselves before God. And they say, you are God. Please forgive us. See, Jonah's watching on the hill and he's like... I knew they would do this. I knew it. I knew if you'd sent me here that people would change and, and follow you. And he's so angry and annoyed. But we fast. Because we're forgiven. Maybe there's something that's in your life. You know, God forgives all. If you come to God and say sorry, he will forgive you. But sometimes it's almost like in yourself that you, you have to say, yeah, I accept that. And sometimes you have to do beyond that. Maybe you're praying for someone and you're hoping that one day that they, they'll be forgiven, that they'll find God like you did. Maybe you need to fast for them. It's a powerful tool that he gives us. The other thing we fast for is because we need to know God's wisdom and direction. Sorry, it's not fitting on the screen. Because we need to know God's direction and wisdom. You'll find it often in the Bible. You know, when, when, when Paul and, uh, and Barnabas was in a group of other people in, in, in Acts, and they said, um, um, Let's pray. Let's see what God is saying to us. And it said the five, five of them got down and they were praying, what do you want us to do, God? Where do you want us to go? And it said that the Holy Spirit came and he separated Barnabas and Saul, Paul, and said, I'm going to send these two. 
And the church then prayed and sent them off. They prayed and they were fasting. And then through this fasting, they found direction. If you're looking for direction in your life, what, 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 where's God saying? What's God telling me to, to do? Or where's God sending me to be? If you want direction, and sometimes fasting will just open that door and help you to see a bit more. It, it's that direction that we need. The early church fasted quite often because, not, because they were just saying to God, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? If you need direction, then fast. It's a powerful tool for that. And five, we fast because we need God's help in times of crisis. Do you remember the story? Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is king, and it says, um, he's king in Judah, and it says that all the armies around him are starting to build up, and they're coming to get him. And he's like, well, what, what, what are we going to do? I, I need help. I need someone to help me. And, and so he, he announced a fast throughout the nation. Let's fast before God, and God turns up. And through that time of fasting, he says, it's okay, Jehoshaphat. We've got you. And this big army is coming, and, and God says, no, no, I'm there for you. In the times of crisis, I'm there. And he says, what I want you to do is, is, is watch what I'm going to do for you. So Jehoshaphat, rather than sending the army out, sets up a praise band and sends them out, and everyone follows. And as they're praising God and worshiping, it says that the armies that were coming against turned on each other and started to kill each other as they worshipped and praised God, God's deliverance. We have times when crisis hits us. You know, I always used to think that being a Christian, you know I mean, following God would mean that no harm would come our way. You ever think that? God will protect me. I don't have to worry about anything. That's not true. We do face crisis. The only difficulty is, is that we've got God with us in the crisis. It's like that story of, of Jesus in the storm, isn't it? We all have storms in life. And if you're not in a storm at the moment, there'll be one coming. I used to think there's three things, isn't there? Those in a storm, those who've just got over the storm, and those who've got the storm coming. We all face times that are tough. But again, by fasting, by fasting, it's, it's a powerful tool to help us in these times when, when a crisis help, uh, happens. So, five reasons to fast. You can tell me what the first one was. Sorry? Being obedient to Jesus. Excellent. Second one. I say this because I'm second. Can I remember? <laughs> second one. He's going back just to make sure. So the first one is that we fast in obedience to Jesus. Second one, we fast because we can't do life without him. Third reason, we fast because we've been forgiven. We fast because we need God's wisdom and direction. And last, we fast because in times of crisis, we need God's power to turn up in our life. Now, as I said at the start, you don't have to do this. 
If you don't fast, that's absolutely fine, okay? We're not going to judge you. But, uh, but sometimes fasting can make a massive difference in our life. You know, there's, there's this pastor who is in charge of the largest church in the world. It's somewhere in South Korea, and there's 700,000 members. Can you imagine trying to do a members meeting with that sort of size number? Can we all vote? Can we count that? Uh, can you imagine the giving in that? Ian, can you imagine trying to do the finances for that church? Anyway, it says that he doesn't really have, have much, much problems when it comes to pastoral work because his answer is always the same. He says when someone comes up to him and says, uh, I, I've got this crisis going on in my life, he'd go to him and go, that's okay. What I want you to do is to go home, okay, go up the mountains, fast and pray for a day, and then come see me. And so people would come, they, they'd go up the mountain, fast and pray, and come back and say, and he'd say, uh, how, how is it? And he say, it's still, it's still going on. And he says, that's okay. What I want you to do is to go and go up the mountain and fast and pray for three days. And he'd go and do that. And he'd come back and say, how's it going? No, no, there's still, still stuff going on in my life. Okay, I want you to go up the mountain, fast and pray for seven days. And if that didn't work, he said, I'd send them up the mountain for 40 days to fast and pray. You wouldn't ever go back to him, would you? <laughs> well, what's the next one on for that? I want you to go up the mountain for a year, fast and pray. But in reality, in reality, sometimes we do need to do something about it. In reality, when crisis does come, we do need to stop. We need to turn to God in prayer. And we do maybe need to fast. It's a powerful tool. It's a practice that was done in the early church. All I'm saying, it's there for you if you need to, need, uh, need to use it. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for these practices. I thank you that, uh, you, I mean, that you've put good things around us to help us in times of trouble and, and when life is good. And Father, I pray that we turn to you in all ears. And I pray about fasting, Father. I pray that we remember this when crisis comes. I pray remember this when, when we need direction or when we need to know that you are God, not our stomachs. So, Father, I pray that you bless us. Help us to follow in your way. Help us to be like you. For we ask this in your name. Amen. As we respond this morning, um, if you feel you want to just spend a bit of time in prayer yourself, um, staying in your seats, reflecting, that's absolutely fine. Um, we're going to sing a song. Um, it's not one we've sung here before, um, but the words of the chorus, um, I think, reflect something of what we've thought about this morning, this idea of, Lord, I need you, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Um, so please feel free just to listen, join in if you'd like, pray. Um, Let's, let's sing together when we can.